Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Zach Berman, Novacare Complex on the Tuesday after the Eagles season, 2018 season ended. Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman met with reporters to kind of cap the season, Zach, and not much was gleaned from the press conference, but the number one important thing that came from it, and it's really no surprise, is that Carson Wentz will be the quarterback, starting quarterback moving forward. What's talk radio going to talk about now? Well, it's not going to go. It's not going to die. I mean, they're still going to insist that, that Nick Foles has a chance of being back here in some way, shape, or form. I mean, Doug, you know, how he was asked about bringing Nick back, but, and you know, like, I'd love to have him, but there's. It's not happening. It, it's not happening. There's no reason to bring him back. Um, well, there's a reason to bring him back, but he's not, he doesn't want to come back as a backup. And financially, it doesn't make sense for the Eagles because he's under contract. For around twenty million next year, you're not going to pay your back back up that amount of money. He's I don't even think he's going to be under contract. He's certain one well, no. but he and he's certain because they have to pick up that option. Option. He certainly could choose to come back as a backup, but he does not want to do that. And looking at the landscape, the NFL landscape, I think there's about a half dozen teams that could possibly be in play for Nick Foles. Yeah. So what I think is going to happen here, um, and, and and we'll talk Foles before Wentz because. That's more newsworthy, I think, this offseason. Yeah. Um, is the Eagles, in, in my opinion, are, are going to exercise the option, are going to pick up the option. Yep. And then I think Foles is going to buy it back. So Foles is going to pay $2 million to the Eagles to become a free agent. Uh, Foles said that free agency is appealing to him. The only way I would see that not happening is if the Eagles say, we can work out a trade. If you stay on this number, we'll work out a trade. So you'll be on the on the books for twenty million next year, and another team's going to be be interested in you at that number, and then you can work out an extension with them, um, and they can work together. Realistically, though, that's difficult. There's a lot of balls up in the air. Exactly. When you have that, so I think more than likely he'll become a free agent. He'll sign somewhere else, and the Eagles will get a comp pick in two thousand twenty. Right. The only way I see them being able to pull the trade is if they can convince, if they can help Nick land in a place that he wants to play. And with the assurance, obviously, that he'll get the contract that he wants. Exactly. But, again, that's very difficult. And will that team even want to do that? Um, I think it may put them in a bad position in terms of uh, leverage. Um, the Eagles want to obviously want to get want to use the trade because they can get more than they would in a compensatory pick, theoretically. Mm-hmm. And you can get something in 2019. Correct. I don't know how much he's worth on the market, the open market. I mean, let, let's, how much is he wor- worth via trade? What could you get back for, for Nick? I think uh, I think they would like a second. I don't think that would happen. I don't think that would happen. I think a third or a fourth would be. I think third sounds right. And you would do that if you were the Eagles because that's 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 better than nothing. That's better than him walking. How much I think would you the get? only uh, I think the only reason another team would do it is if you don't want to get into a bidding war. Absolutely. Or if you just want that peace of mind going into free agency that you know who your quarterback is because. There are, you know, there's going to be musical chairs, and there's only a certain amount of starting caliber quarterbacks who are going to be on the market. Uh, and then it's it's not an especially strong draft class, so teams might not want to wait until April. So that would be the only reason a trade could be worked out. Correct, and honestly, you can't under underestimate Howie's ability to make to pull off some pretty sure. amazing trades. So you know, I'm certainly, I'm certain, I'm sure that he's going to try and find a suitable partner. The question is whether he can. Now, the option needs to be picked up by five days after the Super Bowl. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Well, I, I think... So this is yeah. going to happen pretty quickly. 
Absolutely. Yeah, th- this is going to move pretty quickly. With this is not something that uh, that will occur closer to free, the start of free agency, which is the first week of March. Um, certainly, where where Nick could end up if they if he does buy back his option will ha- will happen later uh, around that time. Well, the, no, Nick needs that. So I think they have. I think until two weeks after the Super Bowl, maybe then Nick the has franchise. Well, no, yeah. no, to pick up the option, and then Nick has five days to. Buy it back, yeah. Right. To pay the team back. Well, so that'll, that'll happen in February. There is, you know, there is. People have talked about the franchise tag. It just, to me, that's. It doesn't make sense financially. It doesn't make sense at all. Um, because team, also teams, that's, you, know, you, you could you could tag and trade, but teams are not dumb. The Eagles aren't going to keep Nick Foles at that number. So and and, and, and that, that would really leverage. yeah, and and that would take the Eagles out of any free agent signing because uh, that's such a big number. On on your cap, that's a huge cap. Right, they already have to trim off a, a, a number of contracts before the start of free agency. Um, we'll get we'll get to that in a little bit um, later. But I think the first option, this is the one I've been selling to all along, as you said, is the Eagles will pick up the option, fold will buy it back, and then he'll be a free agent. And which number one team? I got the Broncos. It's in, so you think they move on from Case Keenum? Yeah, yeah. I would. Okay. Um, I'm going with the Dolphins. Or no, actually no, I'm going with the Jaguars. I'm going with the Jaguars because that's a team that needs to win right away. Okay. They're built defensively to win right away. Right away. And it's, it's a coaching staff that, that... Knows Nick. Well, no, that, that needs to win now. You know? Right, well, that, that, that's true. But so, I mean, yeah, so I, I think that would be... I would go with the Jaguars. Okay. Giants, I don't see Pat Shermer doing that. Redskins... Possibly, Dolphins. You mentioned. Am I missing any other teams? I think those are the six ones that I would tar- uh, I would think would be in play for Nick. Now I think he's better than probably another, not a dozen, but maybe ten other quarterbacks. Like I would take him over Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I mean that he's there. He's, he's, he's there. My, he's my a- point is my. Nick's gonna. Nick's, there's gonna be teams that want Nick as their starting quarterback. Oh, I agree. I mean, you win in the Super Bowl. You you did what he did during the last five weeks. I think that's gonna be appealing. And the Jaguars, you know, because the the run game that they have and the strong defense that they have, uh, Nick could make sense there. You, you're not asking Nick to come in there and just win you games on his own. Obviously, that's impossible. But you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jaguars make sense too. They'll probably be my second team. Um, Carson, clearly, obviously, going to be the starting quarterback. They were asked a little bit about, um, you know, the injuries and and whether they feel like he is injury prone. This is the second year in a row that he has not been able to finish the season. Um, what'd you make of the uh, the answers there from Doug and Howie? I thought that it was what I expected them to say that they're they're confident in, in Carson long term. They're not publicly concerned about the injuries. I don't even know if they're privately concerned about this one. Um, if it was a, a second torn ACL, I think it'd be different. Yeah. Certainly, there's an injury history, and and look, I found Carson Wentz to be much more honest than, or, or I guess much more forthcoming than the coaching staff was. Um, and, and Howie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I guess the head of the medical staff. Uh, I mean, Carson said that he understands that injury prone labels out there. He's determined to play and put it to rest. Uh, uh, Carson also said that he knows the way Foles played puts pressure on him. And 
and, and you had a good column that was on the front of the Inquirer today where you basically said, like, Carson knows he has something to prove. He doesn't have a postseason win. He said that. He he came out. was very He knows the him. narratives. He knows the anti-Wentz narratives. He's a smart guy. It's, I mean, yes. you know, it's not that – I don't think you even had to be a smart guy to realize what the narratives are going to be from those who question – Carson Wentz, but what I liked from him, the way, uh, if we're, I know we're getting off topic in terms of what happened today, but we haven't spoken since, uh, we haven't done the podcast since and, Carson spoke. And really, all they said today that, that matters is that Carson's their guy going forward. At the quarterback position, yeah, yep. we'll get to some of the other topics. But I felt like he handled yesterday well in that he was very confident, came up very assured of himself in that, like, yes, I know, I know what's out there, I know what people are saying about me, I know the narratives, the, the anti-Wentz narratives, and I want to prove, I want to prove all the doubters wrong. Mm-hmm. I want to go out there. I want that opportunity. I want the opportunity to go to the postseason. I'm confident that I will get to the postseason myself. And honestly, I am too. I mean, I, I look, a little of the shine is off Carson after this past season. I thought he played well for a while there. I thought I thought I saw improvements, certainly in terms of his accuracy. I think as as, the, as it went on, there were certainly some glaring errors. Uh, there were there were. Certainly, some uh, he wasn't as mobile. He wasn't taking as much chances. The throws downfield were lacking. But ends up being he's also playing with the stress fracture in his back, which is I'm going to jump ahead of here because I, I was going to talk about the medical staff and, and those questions and all the injuries. And now we don't know exactly when he got injured. We don't know when they found out about the injury. Howie Roseman was asked specifically about that several times, declined to give any any details, said and at, out of nowhere said something about we we complied with all NFL rules. I thought that was kind of mm-hmm. dubious. Um, now Carson said when he was asked when it first became an issue. He mentioned the, the, the injury report when yes. it first popped up. He said he can't pinpoint when it started. He said, but you guys know, you know, you know back when I was on the injury report. And then he was consistent with what Doug said about there being an evolution. And he said he's thankful that they found it when they did. He mentioned that he consulted with outside doctors too. Um, So this was all – that was kind of Carson's position was that it's a difficult injury to detect. That's what he said. And doctors have said that – I've spoken to doctors that have said it's tough sometimes for for a stress fracture to pop up on scans Mm -hmm. because we're probably just – only doing scans, I don't know. But my thing is, and like, Carson said they were going based off symptoms, right? So, what was he telling them? Yeah, was he giving them the full, you know, and that, you know, causing the question? We all know about Carson playing through injury. Sure. He's, he's a tough guy. You know, do you want to let the team know the extent of your injury? So, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of gray area there. I just thought this is an opportunity, maybe, to uh, shed a little light on what happened there, why Carson was playing through injury. Maybe they win a couple games there in spite of that, you know, um, sure. knowing that. Um, and then, you know, how he was asked point blank about, you know, injuries. The Eagles, uh, from my math, have suffered 50% more in, in numbers of, number of games lost this season than, than the previous season. Obviously, that had an impact on the, on the season. Doug and Howie mentioned that they agreed with it. You know, what can you do to, to – to clarify, I mean, to correct that. And how he was asked about the medical staff turnover. Peter DeLuca, Gary Dorsheimer, the top two doctors, were out this offseason. Head trainer Chris Produzzi was out. He said they weren't brought back for personal reasons. What would you make of that? 
thought it was an interesting <laughs> answer. Uh, Howie even said it's it's not something you usually see after winning the Super Bowl, um, that you make those types of changes. Um, and Howie said those doctors were there for as long as he's been here. It, it was a very curious decision at the time. Um, now, I will say that there were things that came up with the previous medical staff, Absolutely, too. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's not as if we're talking, you know, the injury numbers are, are what they are, but there have been vocal critics of the previous medical staff, too. Uh, I wish I had more answers here. I wish I had more clarity. Uh, I, I, I like to kind of be dealing from a position of knowledge, and there's just a lot here that I don't know. It's it's kind of it's almost like a fourth wall. You know, there's we don't know what is is the full truth. We we both heard different things. Yeah. But um, it's certainly a story, especially when you consider that the injuries they had this year. Right. They've and they're in the recurring injuries. Right. And they've been trending downward last year. But with the previous medical staff, they were I think the, a number of games lost to injury, according to Pro uh, Football Outsiders from 2000 and. 13 to 16, they were among the best teams in the NFL, but 2007, uh, no, maybe it was 16 they started trending downward. No, no, 2017, I'm sorry, they were like 17th, and this year they were like 24th or 25th. Yeah, so I, I think one of the misconceptions maybe from last year's team is like how injured they were, and they had really high-profile injuries. Yes. But their depth chart wasn't depleted like it was in certain cases this year. And, you know, look, I, I can't hold or – I guess no one can hold like a torn ACL um, or a torn Achilles tendon. If if Jay Jay tears his ACL um, and he's out for the year, you can't really hold that in the coaching staff. Maybe if he goes back in a game with it, that's something you explore. Well, that's something that yeah. can happen. Um, but. but all right, so last year Carson tore his ACL. Um, that's you know D- a Darren Sproles, Jason Peters, they tore ACLs. That happens when you play football. It's more a guy like Sidney Jones who has a hamstring injury, comes back, injures it again, comes back, injures it again. That's when it kind of pops up. Darren Sproles, what's going same on. thing happened. Exactly. But you're also having these kind of um, odd um, handling. I mean, like, Car- again, Carson. Like, why mm-hmm. wasn't that injury found earlier? Yep. Tim Jernigan returned. Then all of a sudden, he was back mm-hmm. sideline because of the back. Uh, you know, you're rushing back guys too soon. Chris Marigos you? puts up a social media post that he's going through a surgery a, a year after he went through a previous one. So what happened on the rehab there? Matt Collins. <laughs> is he on the team? Matt Collins, who was two days before the start of the season, says he's going to play. And then all of a sudden, he's placed on IR. And Mike Wallace comes back before him. Yes. Right. So just a lot of abnorma- abnormalities. Um, and obviously, we're never going to get good answers on that. But I guess it's our job to kind of keep digging. Howie, and, Howie came out first at opening statement. And I, th- I guess... He wanted to kind of come out with sunshine and all roses and happy, he wanted to give credit to his yeah, boss. rainbows and unicorns, and he really pumped up Jeffrey Lurie. And again, look, I mean, you know, I'm, I, th- I would mentioned something recently that Jeff Lurie is a good, good owner. Yeah, he's a really good owner, especially when you compare him to like Dan Snyder. Like that was why I wrote it. I was like, you go down to Washington, just <laughs> see see that debacle, sure. And you compare it to Jeff. Jeff has done a good job. Jeff certainly invests in this team, gives the guys a blow on the resources they need. To go out and 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 uh, create a good team, um, I don't know if that that was the time to kind of credit him for for the year, but they but when Howie doesn't talk that often, you know that's his that's his opportunity to do it. Yeah, it's his right? opportunity to kiss his boss's ass. Um, but the the message, I guess, uh, in terms of the season was they they you know they 
could have could have packed it in at four and six, could have packed it in six and mm-hmm. seven, and and the team um, you know rebounded, mm-hmm. showed their resiliency, and and you have to agree with that. I mean, this season was if it if it had continued down that slope, it would have been a huge setback. I think coming off the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, if they were seven and nine this year. Um, yeah, that's that's it. Enormous. I mean, they were in jeopardy of being six and ten. I mean, so um, I don't think you look at this season as a failure. You know, I think you you look at it maybe they underachieved relative to expectations. You can look at it like you know there were some, it, the way they started wasn't good. Yeah. But if you're one of the final eight teams in the in the, in, the, in the playoffs, you win a road playoff game, you finish the season as they did. I think everyone who cleaned up that locker room yesterday kind of had a good taste in their mouth about the way the season finished. They played hard. They showed a lot of spirit sure. at the end. Uh, you, you never saw a lack of effort uh, in this Eagles squad, and, and a lot of that is a credit to Doug. I thought Doug had a very shaky um, first three seasons, but kind of kind of got back in the old Doug underdog mood, and they played well under him, and the, the guys never gave up. Guys love playing for Doug. It's a, it's a, it's a huge selling point, I think. Um, for free agents and for and for guys, other guys when they do come here, they realize it. Yeah, as 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 a follow up to that, Chris Long was talking to us yesterday, and he was asked about kind of the video of um, that has been circulating on social media of Doug greeting players as they came to the locker room, and what Chris said that that kind of jumped out to me was was like none of that is is fake. You know, you, you see sometimes maybe a, a coach or position or a person in position of power. Do things for the camera. Um, that's that's not Doug. Doug is or you Doug's guys authentic with Doug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but 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 Doug's not trying to seem a certain way publicly. Like that is who who Doug is. Yeah. The sense I get from Eagles fans too is that, is that when they step back, obviously winning the Super Bowl last year makes this one sting a lot less. But there's a reason why no team is repeated in 14 years. It's tough. Yeah. It's super How much tough. respect do you have for the Patriots right now? Now that you see this up close, like covering it's the unbelievable. Like <laughs> I just Back saw in the AFC Championship, fourteen times in eighteen years. Is that correct? It's, it's, it's yeah. It sounds right. I've got to have to look. But that's insane. Right. Yeah. But just like if if you're a Patriots writer, I was thinking about it. Like you are basically not scheduling anything until after February every year. Like your expectation is that they're going to make a run. The good thing for that is they they get the the home field throughout. That's the true. They get that, they get that bye week yeah. in there. Yeah. This one was tougher for us than last That's true. year. I felt because five know, and six on the road. To close five the and six on the road to close the season. Uh, should mention that Doug Peterson confirmed that all three of his coordinators, Jim Schwartz, Mike Rowe, and Dave Fipp, will be back. Of course, I recall in 2010 when I asked. Andy Reid specifically, if Sean McDermott would be back, he said yes. Right now I can tell you that. He's going to be back. Right now I can tell you that, yes. Yes. And then what happened? He was not back. Axed. Yep. Doug didn't qualify his statement. He said yes, they're back. And the reason, and look, I mean. Now, let me, now, I'll say this. I don't think, and I I wrote this this morning and again, early birds, I, I don't think. Doug is going to make a change with the coordinator, but could a coordinator leave willingly? That could happen. Correct. You know. And Jim Schwartz, from what I understand, his contract is up. I gotta confirm that somewhere. But I think he signed a three year deal when he came here. Unless he got an extension during the during the season and we, we missed it. 
Um, so he could opt to leave. There's no more head coaching opportunities out there. Is that correct? Not, I mean, there's there's some that haven't been filled, but they're going to be filled. You know, like the Dolphins won Brian Flores. Yeah, right, so. Right. Oh, and Cincinnati with Zach Taylor. Right. Yeah. They're just waiting for those teams exactly. to get through. Um, and I don't think Jim – I just think Jim's days of being a head coach, people looking at him as a head coach are pretty much over. I don't think uh, – I mean, never say did. never. I don't think Grill gets an offer to call plays somewhere else. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, that would be a promotion. Um, no. Like, that's the only situation where – Chris Taylor would have an opportunity over him. The call plays somewhere else. Yeah, now that's not a coordinator, but yeah. So, yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if their staff changes based on guys leaving, guys getting promoted. You know, there are well, if you coordinator at, jobs. If you, look, if you look at the performance of the, of the you know, based upon how each position played, who, who do you think could be in, in jeopardy? We all knew two years ago that the wide receiver position was mm-hmm. one that they're going to, you know, and then Greg Lewis was fired. Um, anybody you think that could potentially be asked? No, honestly, no. I, I, I don't think Dove's kind of viewing the team that way. I think Deuce Daly is a really good running backs coach who had bad personnel. Um, I, I think personnel was the problem there. Uh, I look at it. But maybe he, maybe he wants to leave and get an opportunity. That's what I'm saying, yeah, that there could be guys. But he's not going to get an opportunity to call plays anywhere. Deuce uh, is just not viewed that way. He doesn't understand yeah. passing me. Uh, he's not a pass. You, you got you to be. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious there. Did I mean, Deuce. I think wants to be a guy. He wants to. He wants to call plays. Wants to be. I mean, a I think Deuce would be a guy that would skip being a coordinator and then go to being a head coach. I think that's what his path would. The Eagles like interviewed him uh, before Doug last time. Right. Well. Yeah. Um, um, and, and and yeah, then on the defensive side of the ball, I don't think so. I I could see maybe you know, Chris Wilson. You don't think the D line? No, I thought the oh. D line played well, but my point is just like maybe, or they may just you know, they want a different voice. Sure, there. you never know. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I do think some of these position coaches may be in line for promotions elsewhere. Yeah. or bigger jobs elsewhere. That's something to keep your eye on. One of the other topics was uh, certainly the O line and Jason Peters. What's going to happen there? Uh, Doug Peterson said they've yet to. You know, they're still looking at the roster. I mean, they haven't made any decisions there, and they'll make those decisions over the next several weeks. So I didn't expect to get to get an answer there. Unfortunately, it appears as if Peters hasn't spoken this week, so we don't know if he even wants to play again. What's your what's your gut say about him? Whether he one, do you think he still wants to play? And two, do you think he'll be back with the Eagles? Well, I think yeah, I think the answer to two is that I think he'd only be back with the Eagles. Yeah, I um, think it's either the Eagles or nowhere. And I think the Eagles are going to have to take a long, unemotional look at this, and. I mean, when, when Jason Peters is right, he's really good. The thing is, there were a lot of games he came out, um, and, uh, you know, they, they, they kind of need to look at the future of that position. If I had to guess right now, I'm going to say yes, Jason Peters is back. It's crazy, because how many times yeah. do, have we kind of written his obituary? Uh, and you look at it, now the one thing Doug did say. He's under contract. Yeah, the one thing Doug did say is that, you know, they really like the depth they have there. Mentioned Vitae and Mylata. Um, but I don't know if they're – now, Vitae started in the Super Bowl. So when I say I don't know if they're ready, I mean, I mean you won a Super Bowl with Vati Vitae. But that would kind of be the question is, do you have kind of your left tackle of the future? I don't think Lane's going to move over. Um, I think they prefer Big V to be the swing, and I think they – I think they believe they have something in Jordan Mailata. I agree. But, but is he two years away? Yeah. I mean, that's that's, that, that would be re- really difficult for him if you just throw him out there day one as your starting left tackle. I agree. 
Um, Golden Tate. Yeah, so I asked this question. I was I was real interested because we haven't had a chance to talk to Howie since the trade, uh, and at the time, you you understood why they made it as you watched Golden Tate on the field this year. He did not have a, a very big role. He was a part time player, and Howie Roseman stood by the trade, stood by the price he paid for him. Said that they that at the time they were four and four. They wanted to be aggressive. And Golden Tate, someone who fit the culture in the building, they were happy with his contributions. They, uh, so you know, he he really defended the trade. I thought, yeah, I thought he was a little too. <laughs> I mean, it's his trade, so of course he's gonna he's gonna mm-hmm. try and defend it. it. It's not as bad as I thought it was. I still don't like it, and here's why: one, you give up a third round pick; mm-hmm. two. It took Dallas Goddard off the field. Exactly. I'd rather throw to Dallas Goddard than Golden Tate. My assessment, actually, the one thing I did get wrong was that I thought Golden Tate was better than he is. You thought he was better. He didn't okay. impress me much. Okay. I think the, uh, I don't think they realized that he wasn't as good as he looked, yeah, as like, he looked in Detroit. So I, I didn't think they got the contributions from Golden that I expect when they made the trade. Do you think trade. it was scheme that, that limited him? Yeah, I think it was playing time. You know, I th- I thought that if, if you're going to trade a third-round pick for someone, he's he can't play, you know, 40, 50% of the snaps. He, he needs to play 70, 80% of the snaps. Yeah, but the problem with that was that they had they had a slot receiver in Nelson Aguilar, exactly. which is so, one of my big reasons for not liking it. So that's why I, I asked him if he stood by the trade. And they thought they'd put Nelson more outside, and he wasn't productive there. No, and then they, they really ran into something late in the year with two tight end sets, but if you're playing two tights, you... You take Golden off the field, so but they got rid of they got rid of the two, they didn't even go with as many two tight end sets in the playoffs, and they scored twenty nine points in two games. Yes, and, and I thought Dallas Goddard was 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 one of their their better weapons. They have to find a way to get Goddard on the field more next. Yeah, year. so so no, so I I didn't think I'll I'll say this um, I I think they paid too much for Golden Tate. I don't think they had a good plan for Golden Tate. But I'm not of the opinion that I, I, I don't hold it against Golden as much as I hold it against the Eagles. I mean, they'll say they'll point to the touchdown catch in, mm-hmm. the, in the playoff game over the Bears, and that's fine. Although I think there's probably seven other guys in the roster who caught that pass. But And he actually ran the wrong route. But um, He ran the right route, but he, he didn't yeah. run it the right way. Um, whatever. All right, Howie, you can have that one. Um, anything else to stand out from – also, we haven't talked since locker room clean out. Yeah, so in, in, in terms of today, nothing really other than, you know, there were some draft things, but we'll get to that really ad nauseum in, in yeah. February, March, April. Uh, no, nothing as, as much from from today. We we covered Foles yesterday. Went spoke, obviously. Went spoke, Foles spoke. That. We talked about that. Uh, Darren Sproles, Darren Sproles. Um, hasn't made a decision. Hasn't made a decision, but he he's not committed to retiring. So that's, no. You've spoken to Darren this season, and it's, it's really seemed that way. Um, Darren said, though, that, uh, yeah, that he hasn't made a, a decision yet. When before the season, he said this would be his last year. Right. The NFL may, may make that decision for him. He did say the Eagles want him back. He, he said that. Now, I, honestly, I would move on if I was the Eagles. I love Sproles, and I think he's the type of guy you always want in your building. He still has, he still has ability. I just think he's in the way of getting somebody in here that you need to be. Uh, you need your lead back to be a dynamic guy. 
And that's sort of what Sproles is, but Sproles is kind of like the down complimentary piece. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I agree. Well, I think they need a lead back. I mean, look, you can make it work, obviously, but I just think they need to move on. I think the biggest need for the Eagles next year, well, I, I, I need to see who's in and out need, yeah. because D-line I think is going to be a huge need for them. Uh, but I think running backs going to be an enormous need, and I, I would address it in the draft in the first in the first two rounds. They need to get younger and faster, and that yep. is the obvious way for them to get younger and faster is to draft a, a running back in the first first two rounds. Now, a, a guy who said that he's also undecided on his future is Chris Long. Uh, you know Chris well. It was pretty interesting how honest he was about what's going to factor into his decision. Certainly, playing time. So, can the Eagles assure him that he'll get enough playing time? And the reason why Chris came back last year was because he didn't want to have to watch the Eagles repeat without him. And he still, So, that was the number one reason why he came back, even though he's going to get fewer snaps. And the only thing that kind of saved him from... from being upset this season, I guess, was the, the injury to Derek Barnett, which allowed him to play more. And then when he started playing more, you start seeing his production go up. And Michael Bennett said the same thing about his production. <laughs> right. And, but Derek Barnett's going to be back next year. Brandon Graham, we don't think, is going to be back. But Yeah, you can't, you can't never say never, but my guess is yeah. he won't be back. So I don't know what happens with Chris Long. Mm-hmm. I would bring him back. I would, too. I'd bring Michael Bennett back. I would, too. Uh, but I think you do need to get another edge rusher in here. And I think that's going to come in the draft. Correct. It's a problem with that though, that scheme. It's not the problem, but you got to feed a lot of mouths. Sure. And you got a lot of egos. But I think, yeah, and yeah, and deep tackle is they, a big problem. They need too. to get somebody inside there too. Uh, I spoke to Jordan Hicks. Um, Jordan Hicks obviously doesn't know about his future. He's a pending free agent. What's interesting is Jordan Hicks said the way he's used is is going to factor into where he wants to go. And I point that out because. The Eagles went with Nigel Bradham as their three back, as their three down linebacker after Hicks's injury, um, and before the injury, Hicks played every snap. After the injury, it was Bradham. So uh, clearly, if Hicks is back, the Eagles have a, a decision to make there. And I wonder if they prefer Bradham in, in that role. That that's going to be something to watch. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could I could move on from Hicks. He just hasn't shown that he's able to play. Close to a full season. Yeah. Now, now, how about Sidney Jones? Speaking about a guy who hasn't been able to play a full yeah, season. Yeah, no, I spoke to Sidney, too. Uh, we'll have a story on that soon, so I don't want to uh, okay. we'll tease it. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we'll give, we, I mean, I think with Sidney is, I mean, he, he said that uh, he had a low point um, this season. And he said it was more difficult this year missing time than last year because with the Achilles, you, you knew there was, there was a period of time that you're going to be out. And the fact that he got to play probably exceeded some of those expectations. But this year, you never know with a hamstring. Mm-hmm. And he had a, a reoccurring hamstring injury that just wouldn't go away. And, you know, he believes in his talents. I mean, he's, I think when healthy, he's a good player. He said he was healthy at the beginning of the season. He said, you saw the player that I could be at the beginning of the season. After the injury, though, he was playing at less than 100%. Yeah. And I think we saw a guy that was not particularly effective yeah. at various points. Quarterback is an interesting position for the Eagles. I think fans probably look at it and say, oh, they need to go out and get this cornerback or that cornerback. I don't think the Eagles are looking at it that way. I don't think they're an added corner. I don't think so either. They have four guys in-house that have shown that they can start in this league. Do they have an elite talent? Well, you'd think Sydney would be that guy. Mm-hmm. But can you rely on him? I think there are five cornerbacks – 
going into the next season, barring injury. With Corvon LeBlanc. Yeah, it's 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 going to be Mills, Douglas, um, Jones, Maddox, and LeBlanc. I think it's going to be those five. I don't think Darby's going to be back. I don't think they're going to draft someone high. I see these mock drafts of them taking a cornerback, and I think that might be based on like where they rank in pass defense, but not in terms of how the Eagles... I, I think the Eagles like the young guys they have. They just need them to be healthy. Just need to be healthy. So, but do you do this? You have... I think the starters will be Jones and Mills. You have Russell as your swing. Yep. Swing your third guy. Do you go with LeBlanc in the slot or Avante Maddox, or do you have Maddox at free safety? Yeah, that depends on Rodney McLeod, which is another decision they have to make. We didn't get to ask them about that today, but. No, and, I, and it's interesting because those, I mean, those aren't questions that they really answer. They can't because they're under contract. Also, like, I don't think they're, they've done their evaluations yet, you know, so. Usually at the, at, at the combine when we talk to these guys, there's some. Then at the owners' meetings after free agency, that's when you really kind of get dug honest about where they're going and where they see players. Yeah, well, by then most of the decisions exactly. have been made. But. But, but the combine, which is late February or early March, that's right before free agency when they're kind of – when they've had their internal meetings, they, they, they don't want to say things publicly, but sometimes they kind of tease to it. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, there are a lot of questions for this Eagles team this offseason, more than there were last year coming off a of Super Bowl. We'll certainly do our best to cover them in the paper, online, social media, etc. And we're going to try and keep the Bird's Eye View podcast obviously going on during the season. Um, maybe it'll be a few times we do it via remote. Yes. Uh, we'll, Unless you want me to kind of be over your house all the time. No, we'll do it over, the, we'll do it over Skype uh, during... Different points in the offseason. Now, now Jeff's going to be at the Super Bowl for a week, so right, you'll be, we won't yeah. focus on the, on uh, on that. But then after after the Super after the Super Bowl, going into the combine, we'll have something then. Absolutely. But uh, thanks again. I, I did thank you guys after uh, the listeners for sticking with us through the season. But uh, this kind of puts a little capper on the 2018 season, and uh, we'll start looking ahead to 2019 as soon as we're back with the Bird's Eye View podcast. That's Zach Berman. I'm Jeff McLean. Talk to you soon.